Hallelujah. How many of you sensed a work of the Holy Spirit in our worship that had an intercessory potency in it? Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I am probably a little loud because if I get louder, I'll, I don't know what I'll do. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, put the title up, Abiding in the Vine. I want to talk about this today. Abiding in the Vine. I feel like just looking at everybody and saying, Hi. You sure look nicer since you've been worshiping Jesus. Amen. Feel a lot better too, yeah. Praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to be in His presence together. How many of you realize we're facing a storm in our nation right now? Hebrews 10.35 says, Do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. When Moses and the children of Israel were standing before the Red Sea and the Egyptian army was closing in, the Lord worked a miracle of deliverance by parting the water so they could cross over on dry land. And then closing the water on the Egyptian army. Don't cast away your confidence. And it is great reward. When Daniel was in the lion's den, the Lord closed the mouths of the lions. The hungry lions purred like kittens when the Lord was in the midst all night, but then devoured the scoundrels who caused Daniel to be put there the very next morning. Do not throw away your confidence, for in it is great reward. The three Hebrew children thrown into the fire furnace did not even have one hair on their bodies singed when the fourth man appeared in the fire looking like the Son of God, and the Lord was with them in their trial. Somebody say, do not throw away your confidence, for in it is great reward. And when the disciples were terrified as their boat was tossed to and fro in the night storm, Jesus was in their midst, and he calmed the storm. Look, God came through for, with the seed, the seed of promise, the promise to seed in Abraham and Sarah's life. Long after they couldn't do it, hello. Do not throw away our confidence, for in it is great reward. The Lord delivered Peter from the prison when the church prayed. Isn't that right? Hey, just uh, tell somebody, keep praying. Let's pray this thing through unto victory all the way. And of course, had the devil even known that Jesus was going to rise from the dead, he would have never gotten involved with the crucifixion. Come on, this is, come on, that's the wisdom of God. I won't give, I'm not going to throw away the confidence. Hallelujah. I want us to look for a moment into something that I feel is uh, going to be healthy for us. So kind of cue in, and let me just pray this. Father, I ask that as we look at this concept in the Word of God, that there would come an awakening, uh, a hunger, a fulfillment, an instruction, a deposit, a life-giving shift into walking with you. I pray everybody, the ears of your, if you, anybody's got kind of any kind of dullness in your ears, in Jesus' name, let the dullness come out. In the name of Jesus, be unplugged that you may hear and perceive and understand the Lord's purpose with your life. Amen? Amen. 
Okay, John 15, 4 says this, abide in me. Now, Jesus is saying, he's opening up the concept of the Father and his relationship. And he uses this terminology about the vine and the branches. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. How many of you realize it's Jesus' life within you that produces the fruitfulness? How many of you? How, you know, there's a real deterioration in the life of a person who tries to legalistically live out their life for God. They just end up being a dead stick, which ends up beating other people. Hello. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. John 15, 5, the next verse following that says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Everybody say the next part. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now we skip down just to verse 7, and it says this. And this got a little a mystery involved in this verse. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. And I'll get back to that. The word abide means remain, to continue to be present, to be held, kept continually, dwell, endure, stay in a given place. Can anybody say amen to that? This is a relational word, by the way. Jesus gives us this analogy of abiding in him. He declares that that he is the vine, therefore the source of all of our life spiritually flows from him. And so we as his branches are receiving his life, so then we are extensions of his life flowing through us and bearing fruit through his activity in us. I put it up this way, and just to keep hammering this, the branch produces nothing from itself, but only what flows through it from the vine. Jesus models our relationship with him after his relationship with the Father. This is really important. Jesus is just saying, this is how I did it, and you're going to do it the same way I did it. You're going to have a relationship with me the way I have a relationship with the Father. This is how it works. I love that part where it says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will come and I will make you a son. I will make you a daughter. You will come into relationship with me. And the very spirit that I have, it'll invade your life. Later on there, it says in John 5, 19, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. But pastor, you're just repeating the same idea over and over. You got it. Because this is a massive course correction a massive course correction in the life of the believer. 
the average believer comes thinking they have to work for God. And it wears you out. And Jesus worked, but his work was an outflow of relational intimacy. Relational intimacy. Wow. A few weeks ago, we talked about how water circulates the earth. And then inside the body, the the blood circulates, right? And then we looked at the whole idea of truth and love and trust were circulating in the garden. And then there came the breaking of the cycle of spiritual life. And we've all been in a desert place without God. And Jesus came, and he became the lamb, you know, right there in the garden. Right there in the garden. The answer to their fig leaf dilemma, trying to cover up their shame, which is everybody's problem in the world, was answered by the actual sacrificing of a lamb or an animal. And blood was shed. And when the blood is shed, this is the most amazing and wonderful thing. When the blood is shed by Jesus on the cross, he enters into the very depth of the death that we experience. And because he enters into our death, then he releases a life. He says, I've taken on all of the sin and death that would be promoted inside of your life and end up where you are always separated. Remember, Jesus was separated on the cross from God, right? He says, hey, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And that, that moment of darkness, that moment of separation, he came in, all the blood left his body. But aren't you glad that because of that, he reconnects us through the shed blood, washes all our sins away, and reestablishes in us the love and trust, the love and the, the truth and the love and trust and the cycle of, we, we experience it all in worship this morning. Truth, the spirit of truth, the spirit of love, the spirit of truth, and our bond to him and breathing in that depth of who he is, the life-giving power and presence of Jesus Christ changes us, doesn't it? You can be having a lousy day and suddenly, How many of you know the difference between walking in your soul realm and walking in your spirit? So Jesus says, everything that I do, I want you to do it the way I did it. John 17, 21, the next verse says, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now we're going to look again. We're going to go back to this other verse, John 15, 7. And it says again, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So we looked at the word abide. Now let's look at the word for words. My words abide in you. The next slide says, my words abide in you. Words. Look at this word with me. It's the word rhema. That which is or has been uttered by a living voice. Pause and look at that for a moment. Think about that for a minute. That which has been uttered by a living voice. He's saying, if my words abide in you. What words? The words that he uttered to your spirit. The words that he spoke. 
any sound produced by the voice and having definite meaning. He's saying, I'm calling you into a relationship with me. And I want you to remain in me and be close to me and listen. This is a miraculous understanding. How many of you have ever heard, I think you guys have, Ed Silvaso, probably you know, Ed Silvoso, maybe, maybe not, Ed Silvoso, he was, he's a South American guy. He put it this way, if you abide in me and my words, the ones that I'm speaking to you, hello, hello, wrap your spirit and heart around that, it's going to release something in you. It's going to actually take a um, confusion out and also a strife or, or, or just a way you maybe have th thought about this before. What's going on here is he's saying, come into relationship with him, abide in me, and listen for the whispers. Listen to what I say to you. Let my words that I've spoken to you, that I'm speaking to you, in the midst of all the upheavals of things, what has the Lord whispered to you? Because that's what the devil is coming to take. He says, for the word's sake, the bird comes to steal. He comes to get that. He says, keep that word that I have whispered to you inside of you. Here's what happens when you do. 100% of your prayer is answered. Because it's not your word that you're speaking. It's his word that he spoke into you. Come on. Come on. This is major unveiling of something that you need to have a handle on because you strive and run and get anxious and get pressured. And he says, come and abide in me and listen. The words that I've spoken to you, let those abide in you. You abide in me, let my words that I've spoken to you. Come on, somebody. Hello. There's some things that the Lord wants us to, listen, you will get knocked around like waves on the ocean because the devil goes after your brain trying to get stuff in there to sway you, doesn't he? Hello, right? But when you listen to the, uh, I'll, show you in a, I'll show you in a minute uh, uh, just a, one way that he did it for me. He, he does it for all of us. I feel like I'm supposed to stop here uh, just a minute and challenge some of you to sharpen your hearing because you're weary because you haven't heard. You get tired out and anxious because you haven't heard. And the Lord is speaking. He, he craves this relational intimacy with you and wants to alleviate you from a lot of stress. This is a kind of a little mystery thing here, but see, all this, all this time I look at this verse and say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, and I just figure it was stuff I had to grab from the Bible. Did you have the same idea? It's just verses. I had to just store up more verses, more of my effort. The Lord says, no, this is not about you getting more verses. This is about you listening to me. This is about you hearing something that I'm saying to you. And I'm telling you, the Lord will say something, and it is so deeply rooted in his love for you that you often bat it away. 
He says, no, I'm trying to grow something in you that will transform you because I know you. I know how to speak to you. I know how to give you something that will blossom up exactly what I've designed you to be. And nobody else can do that except me. I can speak into your soul. I can speak into your spirit. Hello, come on. And I feel like as I'm talking this, that the Lord is going to take some of you, if you take this seriously, and go and start repeating to you things he's already said, and you'll get the new sense of life and bond with him. Hallelujah. That you'll, you'll have that sense of, because, you know, you, you've got to slow down. How many of you have uh, been either husband, wife, or, or just a friend? Somebody says something to you, and, and you don't hear them. And you treat the Lord that way. You treat the Lord that way. You treat the Lord that way. That's not right. He says, come and abide, come and abide, come and abide, come and abide. Remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Let me keep you, let you be with me. This is what Jesus is wanting. He says, then here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have some little utterances go into your spirit. They're going to be alive. and It's going to be full of love. And there's going to be peace established. There's going to be purpose with it. There's going to be an understanding. And you're going to, and you said, you mean that holy hunch I had of uh, two months ago was you? He says, yeah, that was me. You mean that holy hunch where, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to guide you. I'm trying to put things in you. If you get sharp at this, you'll begin to actually hear out of your spirit pretty regularly. I just want to say, Lord, may this, whew, Lord, I just, I don't know what it is, just breathe on you, breathe on them, Lord. Cause their hearts to crave your sweet voice in the name of Jesus. Cause hearts to hear the gentle, still, small voice of God. And Lord, let your words rejuvenate and overthrow the works of darkness, the bondages of the mind, in the name of Jesus, let there come a freedom from past generational, opinionated, bad-held thoughts. Let them come down in Jesus' name by the beauty of who you are within us. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, come on, just worship him a little bit here. I feel like we're whacking at something. And we'll get there, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. Here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. The Lord says, I'm the remedy for the feelings of loneliness. My sweet voice, you won't feel lonely. My sweet voice, you'll feel so happy and satisfied on the inside. I feel like the shepherd is calling his sheep in, calling them to gather around him. My sweet voice will cause depression to lift from your soul. My sweet voice will cause you to have a joy that you didn't have before because I, my relationship with Jesus is joy. It's peace. It's love. Let's praise him some more. Come on, guys. Drink this in. This, the Lord's happy. He's happy. He's, he's releasing something here. I didn't know how it would go, but I know now, hallelujah, hallelujah, a deposit, a deposit, a deposit of his ways inside of your soul. He says, then here's the thing. See, 
Watch this. This ask whatever you will part now. Let's go back to it. Now watch this. This is Ed Silvoso's. If you abide in me and my words, the ones that the ones that I'm speaking to you, the words, the ones I'm speaking to you, you got that part. This is part. Abide in you. Look at this next little thought here. You'll know how to pray. You'll know how to pray. You'll know how to pray. You'll know. You'll know because he has actually said his prayer for you inside of you. And he knows whatever you wish. He knows what you crave. He knows what you need. He knows where you want. He knows he's got it all in there. And now you ask him whatever you wish. It'll be done what? You got to work it out? No. You got to grunt it out? No. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. The Bible, the, the, the Lord is speaking to the corporate body of Christ. Listen to what I'm saying, not what anybody's saying. Listen to me, not anybody say, not any other voice. Listen to me, listen to me. And peace comes when you listen to him, when you listen to him. Come on, when you listen to him. The remnant that rises up and says, what you say, Jesus? Oh, they get it. How many of you have been wavering and hitting this way and that? So here's, here's my next uh, little line for you. Next slide. Look at this. So how do you hear the words the Spirit is speaking to you? Everybody say it. Don't rush. <laughs> Any kind of ministry is a partnership. Somebody comes to me for prayer. I could pray out of my head. I could take a big breath. Listen, and the Lord knows stuff. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? He knows everybody's stuff. And he knows how to prepare a soul that can say his stuff with love. Isn't that right? How many of you had him tell you some of your stuff and you're better, even though it was not so good stuff, you got rid of it? Isn't that good? Don't rush. Don't rush. Don't rush. This is the thing about the rhythm of Jesus' life. He would just not rush. He, he was never in a hurry. Isn't that amazing? The same Spirit dwelled in him dwells in us. Amen? So let's look at right quick at the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. There's John 14, 16 through 7. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Everybody say forever. Yay. And even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So I took five basic ministry uh, things uh, that the Holy Spirit does out of John 16, 8 through 15. And so it's this next little five. Ready? The next one. So this is some, some of the things. These are the things that Jesus just off the cuff in the garden said the Holy Spirit of truth, when he comes, he's going to help you. He's going to be the spirit of truth. He's going to convict the world of sin. You know what the sin is? Because they don't believe him. You know what the righteousness is? That Jesus has answered the need for righteousness in himself and judgment that Satan's been judged. Hallelujah. He says, I'm going to convict. Holy Spirit comes convicting, and everything about his conviction is for our benefit. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, hey, hallelujah. 
Okay, number two, he's going to guide you into all truth. Come on now. How many of you wish you had had that a long time ago? <laughs> How many detours? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, some of the old saints, I heard this a long time ago, so some of the old saints go, uh, I wouldn't do that. Why? Well, that's about a five-year detour, that decision. <laughs> That's a bad one, that right there. See, if you don't cultivate where you say, Lord, what is it? I remember Jack Hayford years ago when he was in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and he was a young man. He, he was finishing out the ministry there, and he didn't know where to go. He just didn't know where to go. I said, he was waiting. To, he says, I'm just trying to get a word from God. He had the smarts to know that you just don't go on your own. I was talking with a, a person 10 years ago, and there was this, this really bad thing that happened in their family, and it was a court case and all this stuff. And I was like, I thought this person was spiritual. L- let me ask you a question. I said, when, and they, they told me the, the kind of the, the layout of this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, without uncovering anybody, this is what I said. I said, when this particular thing happened right here, did the Holy Spirit tell you no And the person said, yes, he told me no. Then all of this trouble is because you didn't obey. He'll guide you in all truth. He guides you in all truth. You you can save a lot of problems listening to the Holy Spirit. Come on. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You can save a lot of problems. Relational problems, financial problems, all kinds of problems. You can get help listening to by the Holy Spirit. Tell you things to tell you things to come. There's hundreds of prophets know what's happening. God's already spoken, and it's going to happen. And here's a precious, precious, precious one. The Holy Spirit comes to glorify Jesus. Listen to this, guys. Your spiritual life is not work. Everybody say delight. I think I've said it the other, maybe last Sunday, but it was amazing. I was in here, and we're having our time of, it was Thursday night, we're having our time of intercession, and, and I started praying in a, this old tongue that sounds like, kind of like a, an Asian uh, old, old man, an old, an interesting tongue. It's just unusual, and every time, when it, when it shows up, I always feel like I'm going to get some wisdom. <laughs> It's good. There's a, the, the Bible teaches of, teaches of manifestations of varieties of tongues is one of the things. And sometimes they'll, they'll just come in. And in that night, there were two different people here say, hey, I prayed in a tongue I never had before. There was two different people that God was just moving on, and they started praying. It's kind of cool. This is not a message on praying in tongues, but we believe in all of the gifts and all of the fruit and all of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, just as the way it worked in Jesus' life. So... I finished praying, and I felt the Lord saying to me, do you know how much I delight when you respond to my spirit? And then he took me to Jesus standing there saying, is anyone thirsty? Let him come and drink. Is anyone thirsty? Let him come and drink. He says, rivers of living water will spring up from within you. And then the Lord said, to me, go ahead and say that to the people. And I said, anybody thirsty? And everybody, the Holy Spirit began to pour forth in the room, pour forth in the room, pour forth in the room. And we're all just drinking in. Are you thirsty? 
You have a spiritual need. It's that spiritual thirst. It's in our, everybody's hearts. Some people try to get that thirst met through all kinds of means that never fill them up. But you get that through drinking of the Holy Spirit that Jesus came to release. And the Lord said I, I, the Holy Spirit was on him without measure. Measure, limitless supply, limitless supply. And then the Lord really impacted me with this. He says, I delight so much when anyone responds to my spirit. Will you decree that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh in 2021? He just shifted my eyes to there. Just decree that I, I want to feel the delight of my heart watching people that don't know me begin to respond to my spirit. Because there's a lot of emptiness and depression and, and hopelessness and helplessness and all those demonic powers of heaviness that come on people and the anointing of the spirit breaks it right off of them. Delivers, frees, fills, thrills, causes all kinds of wonderful things to happen. So this glorifying Jesus is really this, this ability that the Holy Spirit has. When we're worshiping, he calls us into a place where we just worship and drink and worship and drink and abide. Isn't that wonderful? That's why he's saying, don't rush. Partner with the Holy Spirit and enjoy glorifying Jesus. And here's what happens. All your stuff that's really big, it gets really small, and Jesus gets really big. And that's how this glorifying Jesus thing works. What was on your mind is now little, and Jesus is on your mind, and he's big, and he's sovereign, and he takes care of everything. I can tell you when you're worn out, everything else is big, and Jesus is small. But when you're on top and you're triumphant, Jesus is big, and everything else is small. Can I have an amen? <laughs> And the last part, it says, he declares what is from the Father through Jesus. He basically, this verse says, he, takes what is, he says, I take what is mine, and I've received the Father, and I give it to you. So there's all kinds of things that he wants to release. Part of that is just the power to receive the anointing. Now, I'm going to hustle through this next part. How are we doing? If we go over a little over, is that okay? Is that all right? Okay. Let's look right quick. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And this is a pic the first four things, let's go to the first four things. This is a picture of abiding. This is a picture of abiding. Everybody say, humble yourself, pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. This is abiding. And what happens, then we have what happens after that. Then God will what? He'll, he'll hear from heaven, forgive sin, heal the land. Why? Because you're abiding and he speaks. How many, listen, how, once you get past the whole idea of sin and shame, and you open up to the proverbial, the wise person asked for rebuke, and you get to that where you say, Lord, is there anything in me that's just not right? Like he prayed, you know, forget, you know, keep me from presumptuous sins, right? And suddenly you're in that realm of intimacy. Oh, man, it just lifts all kinds. Of, you, you, that's some smooth sailing can come along there. It's a nice life. 
So, okay, we went through that part. Uh, before you put the next thing up, how many of you enjoy that little video? Okay, I'm going through this abiding thing, and I'm looking at this, and I said, Lord, I need a word for the congregation about what's happening in the land. And this is what, let me say it, read it first, and then we'll put it up there. It's about Lazarus. You can prophesy this. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. We're going to pray right on through. This sickness is not unto death. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Could paraphrase that, but in a few years from now, it won't matter. It'll just it'll apply to whatever situation's coming up. That's how the Word of God works. Let's all decree it. Ready? Let's see. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. John eleven four. So how could how could Jesus you know, you know this, how could I'll just go ahead and do it. How could Jesus raise Lazarus because he would enter into our death and conquer it? But I want to just tell you this as far as the vine is concerned. In Isaiah 53, 53 verse 2, it says, For he grew up before him as a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form of majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. And then it says in Isaiah 53, 8, so you got 2 and then 8. 8 says this, By oppression and judgment he was taken away, as for his generation who considered, listen to this, that he was cut off from the land of the living. Why can Jesus be a fruitful vine? Because he was cut off. He entered into the place where you have been cut off. He was disconnected at one point. The flow ceased. It stopped. Jesus is a fruitful vine because he can relate to every single place where you've been cut off. And he knows how to restore everything that was taken from you. He will bring... Bring it back. You and there was this darkness that covered the earth. How many of you know darkness covers? And this is the definition of darkness out of the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. It means to cover. Used for physical darkness, spiritual, moral, intellectual darkness. The darkness arises from error, ignorance, willful blindness, rebellion. And this is the terminology in the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. Darkness is an evil system absolutely opposed to light. Darkness is an evil system absolutely opposed to light. And Jesus on the cross, when he was cut off from the land of the living, darkness covered. When he cried out on the cross, it is finished. Darkness covered. He went into deep darkness. Then he went into Hades and he preached the gospel. 
and they took the captivity captive and they came out of that place into paradise eternal bliss in Christ Jesus presence he was cut off and put in darkness to rescue all in darkness and reconnect them to the life-giving source of the Father's heart and love. And He is set Himself to touch this nation for the glory of God. Mighty revival. Mighty revival. Let's go stand together. Hallelujah. Just lift your heads, lift your hearts. Speak blessing to the Lord. Would you do that? Just go ahead and praise Him right now. Thank you, Lord. You've transferred us from the kingdom of dark, the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of your love. We praise you, Lord. You've forgiven all of our sins. You have given us great redemption in Christ. And now we praise you and praise you and praise you. We'll walk. I feel like the Lord just took my mind, right, just really quickly back to there are going to be many of you now that actually start listening in a deeper way than you have before. You're going to make that a priority of your hearts to hear the Lord. And uh, here's the thing about it. This is how this works. If you wonder if it's from the Lord, you come and talk to somebody like me and the Holy Spirit can give a confirmation and even more information sometimes. You know how that works? So if you're new at it, the Lord wants to prompt you to hear. I think what this is like is this. There's many of you who've fallen off your bike several times. And the Lord says, here's some training wheels. You're going to start riding your bike, and you're not going to leave the training wheels for long, but you're going to sharpen it, and you're going to hear me. Hallelujah. Let's lift our heads one more time. Holy Spirit, come. I pray, Lord, as I prayed earlier, that you would open up every dullness. You would unplug every heart, every ear. Take all dullness away. In Jesus' name, give us sharpness to hearing the beauty of your simple whisper to our hearts. Impressions, sudden knowing, words, pictures, the way you speak. Let it come like a river. Let your people who are hungry for you wait. Don't rush and sit before you. Love you, worship you, and eliminate loneliness and eliminate depression and eliminate all kinds of opposing works of darkness through your voice in Jesus' name. Amen.